this. This is a football podcast, man. Meat. Football. Good. Man, we talk football. We eat burgers. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. Josh Johnson, Ben Watts in the driver's seat back with at me. It. Talking fantasy football. Ben, my friend, so we, we have if it feels like the fantasy season is basically already here. We've got we preseason. Are so close. We're in it, you know. I we are three little over three weeks away. Just a little bit. Uh I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself week one. Uh I'm gonna have real life football to be excited about. Fantasy football to be excited about. Um, get to get into the whole start sit situation again. That's going to be a fun time. Watching my fantasy teams just waste everyone. That's going to be a blast. Oh, it's gonna. It's not going to be pretty. At least I've got that going for me, right? Sometimes. Sometimes. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, this episode is going to be a fun time. We've got a mailbag episode for you all today. A little bit of news, a little bit of your questions. But before we get into all of that, I've got a question for you, Ben. Uh-oh. Um, I was listening around doing some what they call research in the biz, uh, <laughs> listening to some other fantasy podcasts today, and I was checking out fantasy pros. Yeah, checking out the competition. I was listening to Fantasy Pros. They had Brett Coleman on there. I don't know if you have heard of him or not. He's fantastic. Brett Coleman. Great guy. Uh, And he was saying on there that Brandon Ayuk has been the 49ers' best player in camp. And not just that, but he thinks that Brandon Ayuk is going to lead them in receiving this year. Um, is that, have you, one, have you noted or cared about any of the camp hype coming out about Ayuk? And is that, is that prognostication reasonable? Yeah, I've paid attention to some of it just because, I mean, the Trey Lance, it's, it's officially Trey Lance season. So if you're not paying attention to the 49ers, what are you looking at these days? But, I mean, I'm not going to, argue too much or too little with him because he knows way more about this topic than me. He watches way more film than I do. But, I mean, I feel like we were saying this about Brandon IU last season where, you know, he's probably going to take over as the one and he didn't. But, granted, Debo Samuel had a spectacular season. I don't... I don't, I, I don't see it happening, but, I mean, there's a lot of people closer to the situation than I am, so... Yeah, that one. I I just I just don't see how they paid Debo that much money unless he gets hurt, which I mean, I hope he doesn't. But Debo has been an injury risk his whole career, so. Yeah, I mean he he definitely could, but even even if he's on the field, and I think where this gets really interesting is if you look at like all the splits where Ayuk and Debo are on the field together uh, since Ayuk was drafted, it's really. Like, it ebbs and flows, sort of. Like, sometimes Ayuk is for sure getting more touches, uh, just has better numbers. But then there's other stretches where it is definitely Debo is the better receiver of the two. 
And it, it, it's not like a, I don't think it's as cut and dry as we all think it is. And I think no. that might be the one thing to take out of this. And it's something like it, like I say, like, I don't think, you know, he would outdo Debo, but the, each of the two seasons, I think like Brandon Ayuk has just, he starts out really slow and then he kind of builds and builds and builds until he kind of explodes at the end of the year. So maybe we're looking at another situation like that where Debo is ahead for most of the season. And as it goes on, Ayuk sort of kind of levels the playing field. Yeah, and I think this year is the first year that you've got like early training camp steam for Ayuk. Like obviously last year he basically was benched for the first several weeks of the season. Uh, And I think that was coming out of he showed up to camp out of shape coming out of the COVID year. And Kyle Shanahan said, nope, we're not doing that. It's hard to get out of Shanahan's doghouse once you're in it. Right. And, uh, you know, he showed up out of shape. Shanahan said, we're not playing that game. Benched him. So, you know, he starts out a leg down and then works his way back into the rotation. And uh, honestly, he was not half bad down the stretch last season. He was fine. He was like a wide receiver two. Uh, down the, I, I want to say, like, I don't have the stats in front of me, but like wide receiver 14, 15, 16, something like that, you know, the last like two months of the season. So like, fine, good, solid, decent player. Um, obviously, Debo was fantastic last year, was amazing. Uh, but like, I don't know. That's maybe something to think about in your dynasty leagues, in your redraft leagues. Ayuk is, you can get him pretty cheap right now. Um, a lot of people. Yeah, I was for dead. honestly thinking, you know, I was scrolling through my rosters the other day and looking around, I'm like, I should, I should probably try to buy Ayuk for really cheap. Yeah. I actually tried to buy him for cheap today and it didn't work, but I, I definitely had the thought. I was like, you know, I feel like I have left him for dead and he's probably not dead. <laughs> I should, you know, while he's really cheap, I should just go knock on the door and uh, and see what that manager just thinks of him. Put some feelers out there for Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe maybe he dies again and then we're all just gonna forget that Brandon Ayuk existed. But you know, maybe he maybe he has a good season bounce but bounces back. We can only hope. Let's talk some news. Uh, this is fun time of the year. Speaking we got of dying galore. Out. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Gibson, may he rest in peace. My gosh. Uh, he was running with the special teams for the Washington Commanders, uh, a role That's that was previously good. the Brian Robinson role. Now Antonio Gibson, he's, he's basically, it's like a blocking role in, in special teams. Um, I, I guess I read that it simulates pass blocking uh, for running back, so they'll they'll put and a I running know back there. That's but. been an issue for him, but yeah. So it it seems like Gibson the decline is happening before our eyes. I asked you this before the show. Like I have one share of Gibson. Thankfully, I don't have a ton of them, but I've got the one share. And you know, I was telling you like. On the one hand, I don't really want to get rid of him right now because his value is obviously a lot lower than it was even just a month ago. And like probably he his value rebounds a little bit. Once we see him on the field when the games count, like probably it rebounds. But what if it doesn't? <laughs> what if it just keeps going down? Do you trade him now? Do you get rid of him when he is left for dead uh, and is potential like... It's not impossible that he's the third running back in the uh, Manders rotation 
going forward, which is terrifying. I don't, I don't think they would do that to him. Like, I, I just hard to picture that. But I mean, I mean, it could. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't trust Rivera not to do it. They did spend a third round pick on Brian Robinson. They've it's kind of year in year out. They don't trust Gibson on third down. They bring back McKissick. They draft Brian Robinson. So I, I think Gibson's going to be the starter. But it's going to be another one of those first and second down rolls with Brian Robinson probably stealing more carries than you would like, and he's going to have probably work at the goal line. So could it bounce back? Yes. I don't see it bouncing back a ton, though. He's His value is not going to be what it was last season. Yeah. Uh, Zach Wilson got a successful surgery done on his knee. Uh, that Good one that Zach. everybody everybody thought was the ACL. Turns out it was just a meniscus. They trimmed it, and the timeline right now looks like it's about a two- to four-week recovery. Theoretically, week one is still possible, but um, you know I've seen quotes where the team is saying they're going to wait till Wilson is 100% before they play him, and they're, they feel fine about Joe Flacco. So, um, you know, that they, they dodged a bullet. That whole offense dodged a huge bullet, uh, and I think there's still a chance where all these pieces that we've been drafting still hold some value. I don't know, like, I've seen some people saying things like Elijah Moore, they're pretty much valuing him the same no matter who's the quarterback. Obviously, you know, Garrett Wilson. He was Wilson, actually doing Hall. better when Mike White came in. Right. Uh, so I, I don't know, like, does does this new timeline change anything for you or is it kind of just run run your rankings back the way you had them prior to him tweaking the knee? Yeah, it's stage right where it was. Yeah. Um, per Cody Benjamin at CBS, uh, it looks more and more likely that Alvin Kamara does not face any suspension in 2022 for his, what was it, a felony battery where he bashed the dude's face in? Uh, looks like he's probably... Yeah, it was like right after the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Looks like he's probably going to face suspension in next year in 2023. Um, I'm guessing... Ben, it's locked and loaded top 10 running back for Camaro right now, and he's he's going to be a steal of drafts. Assume. Yeah. I don't think he's ever finished outside the top 10 at running back. Oh, you had to ask me. <laughs> I usually would know this. Like, the first <laughs> dynasty league I ever had, like, I still have Alvin Kamara in it. I got him his rookie season, and he's kind of been, like, the building piece the centerpiece for a long time so he was rb3 in 2017 rb4 in 2018 rb9 in 2019 rb1 in 2020 and rb8 last season so a top 10 running back every season in his career that's pretty good that's that's pretty impressive and uh that's probably what we should expect from him going forward i think he's I think he's up to the second round of drafts right now. Um, he was going in the third a couple weeks ago, but I think his ADP is rising a little bit. People are catching on. Everybody was kind of accounting for a four-game suspension for him. Right. And uh, So now if that's not happening, everybody who drafted Kamara in the third round just stole him. Exactly. You got a potentially top five running back for nothing. Um, per field Yates... McCole Hardman was carted off in practice today. Uh, he was seen walking from the cart to the team facility, so 
uh, probably not like a, you know, serious ACL, uh, you know, injury like that, but it's, it's something, um, I don't know, like, does this clear anything for you for this, uh, wide receiver core? Um, or is it, you know, wait and see more just as murky as it was because Hardman was never really in competition for the one spot anyway. No, but I could see where, you know, he would steal snaps from Sky Moore or uh, MVS here and there. Yeah, like, it's probably probably the best for Sky Moore if he's hurt. Yeah. And, you know, I think the, the general consensus is split on, you know, who's that wide receiver to have. It seems like the split is pretty even between Juju and Sky Moore. Uh, with probably a nod to, generally speaking, people are saying that Juju is going to be the number one receiver for them. Uh, and MVS is, he's going to line up in two wide receiver sets, but I don't think anybody really thinks he's going to be the go-to receiver in that offense. Um, so maybe McCole Hardman missing time clears up a few snaps for Sky Moore. Uh, there's a lot of people that think Sky Moore is just the best receiver on the roster, point blank, period. So I, I don't know. it. It's still probably just as murky as it was before. Yeah. Nothing's really changed. Kenneth Walker is dealing with a hernia issue. Pete Carroll said today that we've just got to make sure he's good to go by the opener. So looks like no more preseason work for Kenneth Walker, more opportunity for Rashad Penny in the preseason. Um, folks are still drafting Kenneth Rashad Walker. Rashad Penny's been banged up some. Yeah. It, they can't really get like... They can't catch a break <laughs> up in Seattle. Fragile running backs in yeah. Seattle. Uh, maybe it's the turf up there. They just they just get them. I don't know, man. I think Pete Carroll's cursed. He might be. He, Ever he, since he didn't give the ball to Marshawn Lynch in the Super Bowl, his running backs have been a problem. That was the curse. He said, you know what? I'm going to make a deal with the devil. We're going to make it to the Super Bowl, and then I'm going to screw over my running backs from now until eternity. Well, they've all been terrible since. Chris yeah. Carson's had a few good years. That's a lie. Yeah, but he had to retire for injury. So yeah, think... he had a neck injury and is <laughs> out at twenty-seven. The the curse is still alive and kicking. Um, yeah. Anyway, Ken Walker. I think people are still drafting him ahead of Rashad Penny, but this can't be good. Like, obviously, he's a dynasty buy just because you know the talent is there, the production in college is there. Uh, he is their future more likely than not, but. Uh, if you're expecting year one production from Kenneth Walker, you, I don't know. It it might be second half of the year before you really I don't, see I anything. I don't feel great about either of those guys this year. No, I've, I've seen a lot of people taking Rashad Penny as like, if they go zero RB, uh, they'll get Rashad Penny as like their second running back in drafts. And I feel like that's fine with the baked in caveat that like you have to hawk waivers and try and get the next James Robinson, Elijah Mitchell, whatever, Whoever that is, you've got to be the guy getting that next yeah, running back. I don't, I don't, I don't like it at all. Yeah, pretty scary. Um, we did a little fishing to get some questions from all of y'all on Instagram. Um, you can follow us there at Fantasy Brothers underscore. Uh, the community over there is blowing up on Instagram, which is a fun time. Um, as part of that, 
Y'all get to ask us questions. We answer them on Instagram pretty regularly, but we're doing it here. We're doing a mailbag episode. We've got your questions on the podcast, and so we're going to dive right in. Number one, someone asked, are you taking Dalvin Cook or Saquon Barkley in redraft? Dalvin Cook. I would agree. I think Dalvin Cook offers really like the yeah I I do I Dalvin still gives me like that safer floor, um, while still giving me that league winning upside that like Saquon for sure could win me a league, but he could also lose me one too. Whereas I think Dalvin Cook is kind of locked in where he's probably going to finish top six. Honestly, like I don't. Barring injury, you're not going to get screwed with Dalvin Cook. Right. I don't think Dalvin Cook is going to screw me over unless he gets hurt. Um, and you really can't bake in injuries to your projections of players, um, even though people tend to do that. But, you know, Saquon Barkley, he could play a season healthy and potentially just underperform and, you know, average like three yards a carry. The offense stinks. There's just no scoring opportunities. Like, that's not a thing with Dalvin Cook. They're going to throw the ball more. They're going to score the ball more. He only scored six touchdowns last year. That's going to come up. Uh, and I, I keep seeing reports that Dalvin Cook is going to catch the ball a lot. If Dalvin Cook catches the ball and has, like, you know, 60, 70 targets, like, that's just horrifyingly good. Like, he's going to be so yeah, I mean, they, good. They got, um, what's the guy from the Rams? I can't remember Kevin, his name. Yeah, they brought in Kevin O'Connell. O'Connell, yeah. And they, I mean, he's bringing that very pass-happy attack to Minnesota, and I'm imagining the offense is just going to inherently be better with that. So, you know, his touchdowns are going to come up, like you said, and if he's catching the ball, holy cow. Yeah, that would be – that's so terrifying. And I think people are sort of out on Dalvin right now just because of – you know, last year he finished like RB15 or something, RB16. Didn't have a great year, but, you know, even – Like, when he was playing, he wasn't dominant like we were used to, and I think some people are worried that he's washed. I don't think that that is the case. I think you've probably got, like, one more top five year out of Dalvin. But, you know, that's just me. I think both are going to be awesome, but Dalvin's just at less inherent baked-in risk. Yep. Uh, Ben, in a redraft league, how do you go about filling out your bench spots once you've got your starters i think there's a lot to unpack in this question if you kind of read into it um but how do you sort of approach this are you talking like what positions i fill out or yeah so the the guy asking is sort of wondering like you've got your starters how do you like what do you look for in somebody that's going to be on your bench in your fantasy leagues I mean, it may sound bad, but I kind of just go best player available most of the time. After that, like once I've got my starters locked in, I'm just looking for depth. A lot of them are guys I can trade. Like, say, I got good starting running backs, but I really missed out on a good backup. But I got some good receivers. I got a good tight end. Uh, a little bit le- fell a little bit later. Those are guys I can trade to go get something I need later on in the season. Yeah, I'm like. When I'm when I'm reading this, I'm saying like, okay, uh, what 
What guys are going later in drafts that have a potential to return much win larger value? Yeah, I mean, like, not necessarily a guy that's I'm taking in the ninth round that's going to turn into, like, the number five player at his position, because that won't happen for everyone. But, you know, who can just be better than where I drafted him? And maybe I'm playing them or maybe I trade them to acquire somebody better. Um, so I think with my bench spots, I'm pretty much looking at one, who am I going to know is good early? And two, who's going, who do I think is going to return much more value than where I took them? And it's not really, I'm not looking at like, okay, I need three wide receivers, two running backs, a tight end. Like I'm just thinking, all right, I've done my research. I have looked into players that I think are going to be valuable and then I just take them and and I hope that all that research that I did sort of pays off and that I'm right and if I hit on like two for example two players uh, like if you took Amon Ross St. Brown Rashad Penny last year obviously they crushed down the stretch and they probably combined if you took both of them they probably won you a league because they were unstoppable um, but if you bought into those players and thought they could be really good and they just sat on your bench for a while, you know, those, those are the kind of additions that, um, that win you the league. So who's going to return value? Uh, not so much like I need X, Y, Z positions. It's, it's more just best player available. Who's going to give me more value? Yeah. Next question. So. We talked about how Alvin Kamara is probably not going to be suspended. So, with that factored in, how do you rank Alvin Kamara versus Saquon Barkley, DeAndre Swift, Joe Mixon, and Leonard Fournette? Ooh. That's a, that's a tough group to rank them against. Because those are, I mean, they're all going in the same spot. I, I probably would put Mixon ahead of him. Because I like the Bengals' offense better. And maybe Swift, but just because I think Swift is Alvin Kamara 2.0. Hmm. Where it gets to Saquon, that's where it gets a little bit murky. I still probably prefer Kamara maybe a little bit to him. And I like Kamara over Fournette. Yeah, I... Yeah, it's tough. I probably do prefer Mixon to Kamara, um, but not by much. <clears throat> and I think I slightly prefer Kamara to both Saquon and Swift. And I definitely prefer Kamara to uh, to Fournette. Um, I'm cooling on Fournette a little bit. I was very high on him earlier in the offseason. Maybe it's because his draft price has come up. Because uh, I think not at one because point... because he weighed 250 pounds? Well... Certain, that probably is baked in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's a mid-second round pick right now. And all these guys mentioned are sort of on that one-two turn, um, late first, early to mid-second round, depending on your league. So, I mean, Alvin Kamara, you're taking him late first round, I think, in most leagues. If if you know that there's no suspension, you'd probably take him at like the 107 eight nine even um he's he's still safe yeah i mean he's he's just 
like, <laughs> I don't know. He's he's old. He's not necessarily flashy anymore, I guess. But I mean, he's going to be really good. Oh, he's, he's still pretty flashy. I, I guess. A 20, 26-year-old running back. I don't know, that kind of doesn't have that shine anymore. But he's going to be really good. Derrick uh, Henry's going on 29. Still got the shine. Whew. Yeah. Uh, I, I probably, outside of Mixon, I probably prefer Kamara to all of them. Um, yeah. He's still got the opportunity to be the RB1. I think Maybe. outside of Mixon, he's definitely the safest out of all those guys. Certainly. Yeah, and I think Mixon has the highest floor of all these guys uh, just because of that offense. Saquon and Swift certainly could finish above Kamara. I wouldn't blame anybody for taking them over him. Uh, and I really do like both of those guys this year, but I, I do think that Kamara, like I can just bet on it easier, you know? Yeah. All right, in half-point PPR, we have a keeper league question here. Would you keep Cooper Cup in the third round or T. Higgins in the sixth round? Probably Cup in the third, I think. I would probably do the same thing, yeah. Just because you're getting a guy who's, some people are taking him in like the 102 kind of thing. So you get to keep him in the third, and you still get your first and second. And I like T. Higgins a lot. We talked about him on the last podcast. Like, I'm a huge T. Higgins fan, but he does not offer the same upside that Cooper Cup does. Right. And not many other third-round picks are going to offer that same upside. No, and T. Higgins currently goes in the third round right now. So, you know, like, in the third round at wide receiver, you're getting, like, Mike Evans – um, I mean, that's, I guess, later in the third, you get, like, Cortland Sutton now. Um, yeah, Cooper Cup in the third is, that's a really good value at this point. Um, yeah, that's that's phenomenal. I'm surprised somebody took him in the third last year, to be honest with you. I mean, that means... He was sliding to the sixth, seventh round. Yeah, that means somebody really called their shot last year, but now it's a value, which is, you, that's you wild. nailed it. Yeah, they, they did a good job. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I would go Cup in the third as well. Um, all right, in redraft, not Dynasty, what is – I guess we'll parse this into two questions because it, it sort of is a two-parter. Um, what is your outlook for both Cam Akers and DJ Moore? And if it's not good, who would you try and trade them for? Uh – well, it's better than it was last year. DJ Moore, you want to consider Baker a quarterback upgrade? I probably would. He's finally got some – we've talked about him on the show before. He's finally got some – what's the word I'm looking for? He's got some touchdown upside to help really boost that up. Um, Cam Akers is finally healthy on a good offense for the Rams. So Cam Akers' outlook is definitely rosier than DJ Moore, I would think. I don't know if you agree with me there just because of the situation. Yeah, I don't know. Neither are bad, but neither of them are, like, elite either. Like, you know, we like to hype Cam Akers up as he's got top five upside, and there is a very slight chance that, yes, he does if he goes out there and maybe not necessarily get a workhorse role, but he scores a lot, catches a lot of passes. He's got the upside there. But I don't think that's going to happen. So, 
good, not amazing outlooks on them. Yeah, so I, I think the question think, is worded like if bad. I don't think they're bad outlooks, but if you're looking for someone dominant, that's not going to be them. Yeah, I've actually got a roster where I've got both of these guys, um, and like, I don't think that they should be your premier pieces. If if Cam Akers and DJ Moore are your running back one and wide receiver one, I think you've probably got a problem. But if they are more depth means you pieces on your roster, Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson, and you better have gotten Travis Kelsey. No, right. I mean, uh, like Josh Allen or Herbert, and you got Kelsey, kind of thing. Right. You should you should have other flashy pieces on that team. But I do think that Cam Akers and DJ Moore can be great, uh, like additional firepower to a roster. Obviously, They're supporting pieces like Cam Akers is not a. It's he's that's a pretty good RB two. Yeah, I would be. If you could do I'd better, be I would. But like, that's not bad. Yeah, I, that means you I got think, a good running back, wide receiver. You snagged him in late third, something like that. Yeah, I think Cam Akers, and and even still, like I think his ADP is sliding a bit. So he's about to, I think, potentially be even more of a value right before the season starts. If he gets into that like fourth, maybe even fifth round, like that is. That potential is too good. That's the case. Right. Um, So, yeah, I I don't think either one of them are going to finish at, like, number one overall at their position. But I do think that DJ Moore will be better this year than he was last year. Finally, I think we will see him score more than four touchdowns. We've been saying that, obviously, for a while. But I think it will happen this year. Cam Akers could be amazing. But he could also really flame out so he is kind of boom bust um but if he if he hits i mean at your running back too if you're getting like you know a solid 14 15 points a game we were right right we we can say we nailed it on k makers so i don't i would not be trying to trade actively either one of them right now i i would be fine with them on my team trying to trade them too is would be tough because you're not going to be able to really get an upgrade at either position straight up for either one of them unless you can just find like a mega homer because you, you're either going to have to package them to go get something better or you're going to have to trade them for a bunch of smaller pieces but the smaller pieces you're going to get I don't think are really going to be worth it yeah I, I kind of agree because I don't think I think the two of them have such I guess good upside that I'm really not trying to move them because obviously if DJ Moore scores eight touchdowns, I mean he's probably going to finish as like a top seven wide receiver. And I think he's he's probably top fifteen right now. Right, he's top fifteen when you bake in. He probably only scores like five touchdowns. Uh, but if he scores, I don't know if he has an outlier season the other direction where he scores like ten. I mean that dude will finish top three. Like it, it's just. 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns, that's really good. Same with Akers. I mean, just because he's on the Rams' offense, 10 touchdowns is well in the range of outcomes for him. Right. Uh, I think I saw something that said the the Rams only rushed for 10 touchdowns as a team last year. Um, But, like, the previous year it was, like, 19, 18, 21 rushing touchdowns as a team. So I think their overall rushing touchdown upside comes up as a team. Uh, and I feel like they probably don't throw it as much around the goal line. Could be wrong. 
but I feel like there's going to be more opportunity for running backs to punch it in near the goal line as well. So something to chew on. Um, we had somebody ask, Jalen Hurts had a great preseason week one. I think, it, what was it, six for six, or something like that, 100 yards and a touchdown. Like 80 yards and, yeah. Looked awesome. Um, is he is is his ranking moving up for you after that performance or do you not care uh kind of don't care like it sounds bad i don't care but like he's already i expect him to be one of the top quarterbacks for this year so it's hard to really move him up i can't move him over allen i can't move him over herbert mahomes you know lamar i think i've got kyler still over him i've got him around six or seven and i'm not willing to put him just for going six for six in a preseason game, I'm not willing to put him in my top five. Though I think like he's you know very well could finish there. I'm not really moving him up. Yeah, I've got him in my top five. Uh, but I had him there before before the preseason game, so I have not he, moved I mean, him up either. But yeah. it's not really like like I am down on him though. Like he's right outside the cusp of the top five. I'm just taking the guys I think have a little bit more of a ceiling in the top five. Yeah, so neither one of us have moved him up uh, based on that game. And honestly, the preseason is kind of, you know, for yeah, that, for a guy that you matter. already think is going to be that good, like it it doesn't it doesn't really. Kenny change Pickett a whole went lot. thirteen for fifteen in the preseason. Yeah, for ninety yards. So okay, <laughs> doesn't mean a whole lot. It's just a bunch of checkdowns. Um, yeah. It's- all right. If Austin Eckler. And Jonathan Taylor go number one, number two in a redraft. Who goes third? This is the easiest question. Yeah, that's softball. A, that's an easy one. Who are you going? Toss it up. I'm going Christian McCaffrey. That is the only correct answer. Uh, first of all, yeah. if Austin I'm surprised Eckler, Eckler and Taylor went ahead of him. Yes, that is usually Taylor wild. is the only option ahead of him. Wild. Uh, somebody, I, I, I say that, but like Austin Eckler could. I mean, he could finish number one overall. Like, it's it's possible. But I'm not projecting that, and I, I don't think that that happens. I think he had an outlier say, season got, last I mean, year. Eckler's the third of those three guys. Maybe yes. fourth if you're looking at Derrick Henry in there, too. Yes. So, and I probably would take Dalvin Cook over Austin Eckler right now. So, Really? Yeah, I probably would. I, I like Dalvin this year. Um, and if you're, I mean, a lot of people are, you know, I'm high on Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson too. Like, there's a world where Eckler falls to six or seven in a draft. Oh yeah, I've definitely had. I think we've been in a draft together where Eckler fell to like five or six. Um, yeah, I think so. Which that doesn't feel too crazy, but at the same time, you're like, gosh, he could be so good. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it, Christian McCaffrey is is third, the obvious choice. There. That's that's the only answer there. Um, all right, do running backs like Kareem Hunt and Tony Pollard have consistent flex or potential RB2 status weekly in a 14-team PPR league, Ben? In a 14-team league, they definitely have flex value, 100%. Yes. RB2, probably, if you didn't get running backs early. I don't love it as your RB2, but it's not bad. I think Kareem Hunt probably already has RB2 value yeah. by himself, like even in like a 12-teamer. Um, yeah, Pollard's the one I don't fully trust, but like he's going to have flex value still. That's a great flex in a 14-team league. Yeah. 
I would feel really good about either one of those guys as my flex. Kareem Hunt, I would feel fine with my RB2 in a 14-teamer. If I had good wide, like, if I had decent wide receivers, I'd feel fine having Kareem Hunt as my RB2. Um, Tony Pollard, a little bit more of a question mark, but both are really solid flexes in a 14-teamer. Like, that's a, you're, you're doing good if, yeah. if they're your flex. You're right. You're, you're right. Um, we had someone ask, how important is a kicker and what makes a good one for your fantasy teams? I would like to open up by saying what makes a good kicker for your fantasy teams is not having one. <laughs> uh, point number one, kickers Get kickers suck. out of your league. <laughs> yeah, no, Get them kick, out. Kickers, kickers are no fun. Um, replace them with a flex, and that is the optimal lineups. Two flexes, no kickers. I don't, I don't hate kickers. Like I, like one of our main leagues has kickers in it. It's whatever. I'd prefer to get them out, but I'm not going to sit here and pitch a fit about it. So, yeah, I think didn't we put put it to a vote to try and get rid of the kickers? Yeah, league, everybody said no. Nah, we have like a big them. off season. Yeah, we have a big off season meeting every year where we kind of go over everything in the league and what do we want to change, what do we want to keep, what do we want to add, this kind of stuff, and. We have like two years in a row brought up getting rid of kickers and defenses, and every year we get shot down. I guess I guess people just love the kickers, you know. I I don't know. I don't yeah. know what the love affair is. It's it's somebody who's got Justin Tucker gets really butt hurt when you bring up dropping kickers. Yeah. No, the guy who had Tucker, he wants to get rid of him. Wild. Yeah. I. <laughs> so what makes if you're gonna keep kickers? Is there anything uh, that you to, can target that's going to make them a good kicker? They need to make a lot of field goals. I, yeah. I, the teams that have good <laughs> fantasy kickers, it typically is just teams with good offenses. Like They need to, they need to make a lot of field goals. Be good at yeah, the job. It's, so off the top of my head, the kickers that are good, it was uh, Nick Folk last year, the kicker for the Patriots. He was like kicker two or something. Don't ask me how I know that. I probably had him. But he was like the number two kicker in the league last year in fantasy. And it's because the Patriots had a good offense, kicked a buttload of field goals. Um, Harrison Butker, year over year, tends to be a good kicker. Justin Tucker, obviously, is a good kicker. Evan McPherson last year, kicker for the Bengals, was a the good rookie. kicker. Uh, they call him just, Kick Pearson. Yeah, just find a kicker that is on a good offense, preferably a kicker that's actually a good kicker that won't get cut. Uh, but yeah, like I guess you just find a kicker on a good offense, target those and teams that tend to score, and you know you'll have a good kicker. Yeah, just and sometimes it's kind of you like keep an eye out and almost because you've got a guy like Nick Folk where the team is good, so they're really competitive, but the offense really didn't get in the end zone that time, that much, so it just presented him with more opportunities for actual field goals and not just kicking five extra points a game. Right. Yeah. I mean, like the, you know, whoever the Bucks kicker is, whoever the Rams kicker is, whoever Buffalo's kicker is, Kansas City's kicker, like those are, those are all kickers that I'm picking up. And I, I tend to stream the kicker position anyway. Like it's, I, I don't know, like I never draft one in my drafts. I always am the guy that just neglects to pick up a kicker in my draft in my last round. <laughs> I just draft a position. No, like I just don't do it. I just draft a position player, a wide receiver. Uh, I take a flyer on him, and then, you know, I'll just go pick a kicker up off of waivers. Like, you know, whoever the... It's so frustrating to lose to a kicker. 
Oh, it's the worst. It is like the your worst. Team, your, your lineups can be competitive, competitive so much, and you're going in, you're like up 15, 20 points. He's got his kicker left, and for some godforsaken reason, he makes like six field goals. You're like, wow, the least athletic person here. I lost me. to a kicker. It's the worst. If you lose to a kicker, that's... You know what? I want to know this. I have lost to kickers before. Well, since you're, you're excluded, we have your story live. If you've lost a fantasy matchup to a kicker, I want the full story in the DMs. Go on Instagram, DM me the story. I'm intrigued. I want to know if you've lost to a kicker in your fantasy leagues because uh, that is really unfortunate. Last question of the day, and then we'll close things out. Uh, what wide receivers is Aaron Jones worth in a trade in a dynasty league? Ooh. Who would you, if you had Jones, who are you targeting? Who are you trying to pick up? Uh, I don't like this question. It's tough. You kind of have to like that make up the trade scenario. A lot of thought. <clears throat> you know, so we're I gonna th- have to we're gonna have to dive right into one right now and just start naming players. Yeah, uh, I think speaking in more general terms, like I'm trying to find a probably like a wide receiver two that's got potential upside and a pick. Like if I could get Jerry Judy and uh, I don't know, is Jerry Judy in a second round pick too little for Aaron Jones in a dynasty league? That might, that might be too little. Maybe Jerry Judy in a first. I don't know. Something like that. Jerry Judy in the first too much. I mean, that's depending on the player. Most people probably at the best are going to give you Judy straight up. I'm imagining, but I mean, Judy's hype is, I it mean, is, he's, it is a he's lot. got a lot of upside. So you're, granted, I'm very in on Aaron Jones this year. He's going to be great. But in a dynasty league, you're going to struggle to get. Maybe, I could see Cortland Sutton, though. Oh, gosh. Honestly. I would prefer Sutton, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, maybe like Rashad Bateman in something or Darnell Mooney in something. Maybe you're going after. And it, and it depends. Like, are you. If. No, well, if you're a win now team, you're going to want to keep him anyway yeah so uh, i had uh, a few folks like dm some of their dynasty rosters um for like a a review or whatever and there was one guy that sent one in uh and for the most part he had like if i remember right his quarterbacks weren't amazing it was a super flex like two flex league or something like that and aaron jones was one of his double flexes it was like aaron jones and kareem hunt were were his flexes and, like, the rest of his roster was really young. Like, you know, Jamar Chase, uh, Javante Williams, uh, ETN, DK Metcalf kind of thing. Like, a really young, he's ascending dynasty roster, right? But he's got Aaron Jones and Kareem Hunt in there, and he doesn't have good quarterbacks. Um, and obviously, like, everything else is really young. So I was telling him, like, okay, Aaron Jones, like, doesn't fit the timeline of your roster. Like, I'd be trying to move him for somebody that fits your timeline, like a Darnell Mooney, Rashad Bateman, a, you know, fill in the blank. If you could get Michael Pittman, good grief, go for that. That's what I was just looking at was Pittman. Yeah, somebody that, one, fits your roster timeline, and then two, just kind of gives you an opportunity to recoup some of that value. Um, Not necessarily, like if you you did Aaron Jones for Michael Pittman straight up, I would be fine with that, honestly. Um, that, That would be a good trade. Uh, so yeah, it, it sort of depends on your league. You'll have managers obviously value players differently, but yeah, I, you know, one of those like Pittman straight up, maybe Sutton, Judy, something like that. 
uh, Bateman plus something, Mooney plus something, something like that. I like it. That'll do it. Those were good questions. Those were very solid. We should do a mailbag episode again. That was a fun one. We could start doing doing them a lot more often during the season too. Yeah, we should. We'll we'll get a bunch of start set questions once people are like. And I that. guess uh, would be something we should probably start asking now is for you guys to you know drop comments, reviews. What do you want us to do once the season kicks off? What do you like? What do you dislike? Tell us what you want to see more of so we can really vamp that up once the season starts. Definitely. Yeah, we are here for you. We want to help you win your leagues. We want to win our own leagues. And uh, we're excited for the season to get going. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, check us out on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore. It's a lot of the same content, a lot of educational fantasy stuff, a lot of good nuggets over there on Instagram. Uh, check Plus that out. pretending we're smart. Exactly. Yeah, we basically are uh, pretending to be educated. Uh, <laughs> we are posers <laughs> in help. a major way. <laughs> uh, helping you win your leagues. If you enjoyed the show, share it with a friend, leave a review uh, on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you can do that. Uh, and we'll see you next time. We'll see you next week when uh, who we don't know what we're doing. We'll figure it out later. You know, that's yeah. We 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 at the end of every episode, we have not known what we're doing for a long time. No, we we have not known what we're doing, and yet we continue to put out new stuff every week without a plan, flying by the seat of our pants like absolute ballers. That's what I do because we're the best. What can I say? I like it. <laughs> don't put that kind of pressure on me <laughs> we'll see you guys in the next episode goodbye peace thank you for listening to the fantasy brothers podcast if you enjoyed the episode and want to connect to us follow us on instagram at fantasy brothers underscore or on twitter at fantasy bros underscore if you want to support the show you can do that at patreon forward slash fantasy brothers